Alright, alright, okay, okay. What's up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts here. Expensive Facts, like always, of course, once again. Hope you guys are doing great here today on this, you know, pretty rainy, pretty rainy day here today. Pretty rainy and windy day. Went out for a walk for like, oh, well, not even that long as it started to come down. Now it stops raining, and of course, once I get back in, <sighs> it is what it is. I'm not supposed to rain all day tomorrow, so I'm probably not going to go out at all. Probably just going to be in the house all day till. Monday when me and King MGJ go to the Yankees game, but I hope you guys are doing great. This is my AEW Dynamite review slash AEW Double or Nothing predictions. AEW Double or Nothing is tomorrow live on pay-per-view at 8 o'clock. It's going to be great. I thought Dynamite was good. It was the first show. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it was a packed house. No, it was a packed house. Excuse me. I don't think it was a sellout crowd because I think Double or Nothing's going to have full capacity. I don't think last night's show was full capacity. They had, like, the different, um... They had, like, the old setup from Daly's Place, like they had in the first show from Daly's Place back in January of last year, when there was, you know, there was no pandemic at all, obviously, at that time. You know, they had, like, the same setup right there, and it was pretty cool. So I'm not sure if it was full capacity last night. It sounded like it, so it may have been, but it was great to see a huge crowd right there. It was great. It was awesome crowd was going nuts from the start it was just beautiful to see you could see the wrestlers right there you know you feed off the energy you know whatever company you're in you're gonna feed off that type of energy from a big crowd you know it's just how it is and we know double nothing tomorrow the crowds gonna be going nuts all night it's a stacked card can't wait but dynamite started off with darby allen versus cesar bononi and the and dynamite did start at 10 o'clock last night it was actually live i thought they were gonna do it at eight o'clock and just put it on TV. Like the show would start at eight o'clock, but they'll put it on TV at ten. But no, it actually was from ten to midnight. And I was like, wow, okay. Same for next Friday as well. It's gonna be live at ten. Then the next week they go back on Wednesdays. I think they do a Saturday as well, sometime next month. So that'll be interesting. They did Saturday Night Dynamite last year, and it was a good episode. That's when Mr. Brody Lee won the TNT titles. It makes it even more special. Maybe they'll do a little tribute right there on Saturday Night Dynamite. They could do that. They definitely should honor by having a TNT title match. That's just what I would do. But it was great. You know, it was great to see. You know, we're leading into Double Nothing. I thought the show was going to be kind of eh when you look at the car. But they made it work. I thought it was good. They made this mid-card kind of... It was kind of a mid-card card, I would say. But I enjoyed it. That was a good episode. And, you know, the Darby Allen-Cesar Bernoni match. You know, I thought it was... It was decent, to be honest. You know, I, really, I didn't expect anything big out of it. You know, I kind of thought maybe they could have done, like, Darby versus, like, Nemeth, to be honest. You know, Benoni got his shit in right there on Darby. You know, he had control most of the match. They did the same thing, like, last year with Darby versus, at the time, Will Hobbs. Now he's Powerhouse Hobbs. You know, like, when, Dar- when Powerhouse Hobbs... Well, let's just, yeah, Powerhouse Hobbs, you know, beat down Darby for a while. And Darby was able to beat him. So, they kind of did the same thing here with Benoni. And Benoni... Has improved a little bit in the ring. I thought he did good. We know that he is going through a lot, and I hope that he's okay. And I hope that his wife is doing great. Because you know that um, there's been a lot going on right there. There has been, you know. So I'm just great. I see people donating to him and his family, and everybody else helping. It's it's, a, it's good. Thank God for that. And I hope, I hope that his wife is doing good. And I thought he put in a good performance, like I said. You know, we saw Sting at ringside. And he got a, a great pop. And Darby got a great pop. You know, it was, it was awesome. You just imagine, though, if there was no pandemic at all and Sting made his debut, the pop that he would have got, whatever arena they would have been in, would have been crazy. 
Or even was that Daly's place with a full crowd? Would have been insane. You know, we saw Cesar Bononi's, you know, guys at ringside. You know, J.D., Drake, and uh, Peter Avalon, and Ryan Nemeth. But, yeah, like I said, it was a decent match, you know. It was, was, was whatever, to be honest. Like I said, I didn't expect, like, a huge match to start off right here with Darby and, you know, Cesar. That was decent. You know, Cesar looked good for a big man, you know. Being a bunch of little man, Darby was the underdog in this match, obviously. And he was able to get the win, you know. Cesar most controlled the match with Darby towards the end, took control. Hit a beautiful coffin drop on Cesar, one, two, three. And the stranger Enigma Darby Allen gets the win. So him and Sting, you know, they have momentum. You know, I would've been, it would have been kind of nice to see Darby and Sting team up on Dynamite, but it, I do get why they're saving Sting for double nothing. Because then it does make it special for him to be in the ring, though, you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes, that makes more sense. That makes more sense right there. Like I said, decent match. Darby gets the win. And then after the match, you know, Darby Allen calls out Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. And I'm like, okay. Hey, we're going to have this match. Well, obviously, we're not going to have this match. Now, they always do that. You know, they always do that. Like, oh, why don't you come out? Let's settle this now. And that never turns out to be now. You got to wait. But, Ethan, you know, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, they both come out. And they're like, no. No, we're not fighting you guys now. You have to wait. You know, we're dressed nice. We got our own match later on. You got to wait. And then they walk off. And then Cesar, JD, Nemeth. And Peter Allen and the Wingmen, that's what they're called. The Wingmen beat up on Darby and Sting. And then Scorpio's got Ethan Page get involved. And then the whole Dark Order comes out. You know that it's going to be Evil Uno and Stu Grayson versus All Ego Ethan Page and the Face of Revolution, Scorpio Sky, later on on Dynamite. So they come out to help. And Sting gives them fist bumps each. So that was pretty cool. And the Dark Order got a nice pop. So that was great too. That was also great. If, if only Brody was still here. If, if only if only he was still here for that pop. That would have been awesome. <sighs> miss that guy every day. I miss Brody Lee every single day. I always do a tribute to him on Facebook. You know, I say, it's this day. You know what that means? Like with a gif of Brody Lee. You know, I just miss Brody Lee a lot. I really do. But now we get to the next segment. It's the weigh-in between Cody Rhodes and Anthony Agogo. And we have Paul White host this segment right here. He hosted the weigh-in, so I'm like, all right, it makes it a little more special, I guess. You know, gives Paul White something to do. We haven't seen him on Dynamite since he debuted. Well, yeah, since he debuted. Yeah, was it since he debuted? Yeah, or he de- yeah, we haven't seen him since he debuted. And Shivani interviewed him. Uh, the Dynamite, the Crossroads episode. Yep, there. Yeah, now that, that's the episode. Yep. So he comes out, you know, and introduces a go-go. And, you know, Gogo brings his guys out, like, you know, QT Marshall and Camarado and Solo and other members of the factory, I guess, that they're training. So that's interesting. All right. And, you know, Cody Rhodes comes out. Oh, before even Cody Rhodes comes out, like, Gogo was getting in Paul White's face. And Paul White, like, challenged him right there, like, saying, you step up to me, it's going to be the last thing you do. I'm like, ooh. I wouldn't mind seeing that right there. Paul White versus Anthony Gogo and... He puts a go-go over. That would be something. Maybe maybe they planted the seeds right, right there. That would be huge for Gogo's career. Because you know Paul White's a future Hall of Famer. That would be nice. And there are rumors of Shaq coming back. Because I think Shaq did, yeah, Shaq did an interview recently. I believe it was yesterday or Thursday. And they asked him when's he going to come back to wrestle. And he said this summer. So maybe we're going to get the Shaq 
Paul White match. Because who else could Shaq wrestle in AEW? He did the whole thing with Cody. Well, him one-on-one -on -one with Cody would have been like, eh. That's why it really benefited Cargill and Velvet. It benefited them more than it did, you know, Shaq and Cody. You know, so maybe we are going to get Shaq versus Paul White. They were supposed to do that at WrestleMania 33 back in 2017, but sadly it never happened. And maybe Shaq didn't like... Maybe Shaq didn't want to lose or something, or maybe he just didn't like the build-up. Maybe he just didn't like it. Maybe they weren't going to... I don't know. Maybe they weren't going to, like, advertise as much. Well, no, I'm pretty sure they would. That's, uh, I don't know how they would have done it. Maybe Shaq just didn't like the way it was going. But, you know, AEW's on TNT until next year when they're going to be on TBS. So, you know, Shaq has more freedom to do what he wants. It's not like WWE where they're going to have him come in and here's what he has to do. You know, he's not going to come in, like, with his freedom, basically. At least AEW can give him that freedom to do what he wants, you know, and, that, and a bunch of that shit. So, I think that'll be the match. Yeah, because who else could Shaq wrestle in AEW? Who are we going to put him in the ring with? Paul, you know, we want to see Shaq versus Paul White. People want to see it. People wanted to see it back in 2017. Now you get a chance to see it. I'm all for it. Let's do it. Let's do it this summer. You know, and when Shaq means this summer, it could be like June, it could be July, it could be August, it could be early September before fall, so we don't know yet. Maybe they'll do it at All Out. I think All Out might be late August, early September, so they could do it then. That, that would make more sense. You want to do it on paper, that's fine. But you could do it on Dynamite, get a nice rating. You could do that. But yeah, this weigh-in segment, yeah, it wasn't that good, to be honest. Like, you know, this whole feud has just been whatever. The fans haven't liked it, you know. It's almost like it's like a feud you want to end already. So I think it's going to be just a one match. It's going to be a one-off, and that's it. Maybe a go-go will win because Cody might be going away soon. We know Brandy is expecting soon. So maybe Cody's going to take a break. So that could be happening, you know. But Cody's going to be the American dream. And, of course, people are going to be pissed if Cody does win. But you have to realize... In any wrestling company, a young guy has always lost to a veteran. It's always happened. The young guy doesn't always go over right away. Ogogo is still new. This is his first pay-per-view. Or maybe they are going to build him up as like this huge like superstar and he's going to win. He's going to win for a long time. Like nobody's going to beat him for a while. Maybe they'll do that. Maybe. We just don't know. But then, of course, if Cody loses, everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, he's such a mid-carder. He could do so much better. And people don't realize Cody's giving other people opportunities. Even though I kind of agree with people on that, Cody should be doing a whole lot more in AEW. He's giving other people opportunities. He's not stealing the spotlight from anybody. Look at everybody he's put over. MJF. He put over Brody Lee. And then he put over Darby Allin. He's put over so much talent. And people still give him shit for it. Oh, but he didn't put over Jungle Boy or Mark Quinn or Lance Archer. Oh, my God. Orange Cassidy. I mean, guys, listen. If, what do you want him to do? Seriously. Oh, QT should have won. If they wanted QT to win, they would have done it on pay-per-view. The big match was Cody and a go-go. That's what they wanted. And that's fair. It's fine by me. Uh, but yeah, the weigh-in segment wasn't that good. We saw Paul White was having trouble with the weight, you know, whatever, the, the scale, and you know, whatever the hell. 
I really wasn't really paying attention to this segment because I just knew it, was, it wasn't going to be that good. Go and speak. Would like to hear him talk maybe like take a take a few shots of Cody, which he didn't. You know, and, well QT Marshall was the one that was talking. I'm like, it didn't make sense for QT to talk because it's really not his you know feud in a way. It's a Go Go's feud. It's his match. Why is QT talking for a Go Go? A Go a Go Go can speak. It is what it is. Like you know, they both did the thing right there and. Cody weighed in at 218, Ogogo weighed in at 219, so Ogogo was one pound heavier, which doesn't really make a difference. It's basically the same thing, you know, it's whatever. But I didn't really care for this segment. I couldn't wait for it to end. When it ended, it ended. I was like, okay, thank God. I was like, thank God, this segment's over. Let's just get the match over with tomorrow, please. Jesus Christ. <sighs> but then now we get to our next match Hangman Adam Page versus Joey, the bad boy Janela. This is a rematch from All In back in 2018, so this is really interesting. And I thought it was a decent match. I thought it was good. You know, Joey Janela actually looks a little more in shape now, which is good. He looks a little more... Well, I wouldn't say ripped. He just looks more in shape, I should say. Because, you know, recently when we had seen him, he looked kind of like, eh. He's building up a little bit more, so that's good. I still don't like him as a wrestler, to be honest. I don't think he's that great. I think he's a botch machine. He did botch a little bit in this match. He's just not that good, to be honest, Joey Janela. I just don't like him that much. I'd say just keep him on dark and elevation, but yeah, you want to do a rematch between him and Hangman. Okay, fine. Whatever. They put on a good match, though. Hangman had a great performance. You know, I did hear that, like, uh, Joey and uh, Sonny had, like, a disagreement on AEW Dark, whatever it was, and Joey left Sonny. So, so maybe Joey's turning heel, and they're going to do a feud between him and Sonny. I'll be like, okay. It gives, them some, it gives them something to do. That's fine. Because they're kind of stuck in, like, the you know bottom of the barrel right now because you know, we haven't seen him on dynamite in so long so it makes sense he doesn't give him something to do it's a mid card or low card kind of few that people are going to be like eh about but you know what something to do but yeah hangman great performance you know and janela though his performance is a little bit decent we did hear taz on commentaries you know tomorrow night's hangman versus brian cage one-on-one so it's a rematch from a dynamite a few weeks ago where Brian Cage got the win over Hangman, so let's see if Hangman can one-up him now and even it up. And maybe it'll lead to a third match, which I'm fine with, because they could say, oh, they're even. But I'm like, alright. And like I said, though, this match was decent, you know. Good performance by Hangman, like I said. We did see Hangman get busted up pretty good. He was bleeding from the mouth, then he got busted open on the head before he hit the buckshot lariat. On Joey, I was like, Jesus, oh my God. But even before that, Joey hit a really good Macho Man elbow on uh, on Hangman. I was like, wow, that was actually really good. <laughs> That's the only good thing Joey's really done in AEW. That's that elbow right there. I thought it was good. No, I really did think it was good. The elevation he got right there was good. Like, all right, maybe, maybe Joey's going to turn into a good wrestler. Maybe. I don't know. I just don't really like him. I'm not going to criticize and say I hate him. I don't hate Joey. Jones. I just don't think he's that great of a wrestler, to be honest. His gimmick is cool, but... As a wrestler, he's just, eh. He's just one of those guys where it's like, you like the gimmick, but you don't like the wrestler. You know, you know what I mean? That's just how I feel, that's just how I feel about Joey. His gimmick is cool. Wrestling-wise, he's meh at best, to be honest. He's average, above average sometimes. You know, I feel like he gets carried a lot in matches. You know, I really don't feel like it's all him. It's like, he gets carried, you know, basically. But Hangman, all busted up and bleeding, hits that buckshot lariat. 
pins him one, two, three, and Hangman and Page gets the win. He's got a lot of momentum now going into double or nothing against Brian Cage. And then Taz grabs a microphone. He was talking shit to Hangman. Hangman told him to be quiet because now Brian Cage is coming out. And we saw Hook and um, Ricky Starks. Well, Ricky Starks is at ringside, and Hook tried to get in the ring. But then Hangman was talking to Brian Cage, you know, saying, why do you need these assholes to help you? You know, don't you have any balls? Are they all shrunk by now? And Brian Cage says, I don't need them. I'll fight you one-on-one. So it's official at double nothing. It'll be one-on-one between Hangman and Brian Cage. So probably Taz won't be at ringside because it's one-on-one. So there you go. That's fine by me. Can't wait. So then we did see John Moxley and Eddie Kingston send a message to the Young Bucks. We didn't see the Young Bucks on the show. I was actually kind of surprised we didn't see him on the show. That was actually something right there. But, you know, they were talking about, like, you know, how the Young Bucks, you know, they are the greatest tag team in the world. And they have all, you know, chemistry. And, you know, Eddie and Mox aren't even, like, they, they haven't been a tag team for so long. They're just getting started as a tag team. You know, but Mox says he trusts Eddie. You know, Eddie basically trusts Mox as well. I'm looking forward to this match, though, tomorrow. I really hope Mox and Kingston win the tag team titles. They'll get a huge pop if they win. But, you know, I did see this on Twitter. I don't think it's going to happen, but people have been saying the Young Bucks should put on the Shield gear, like the Shield attire. Like, you know, when John Mox used to wear when he was in WWE as Dean Ambrose, you know, in the Shield with Reigns and Rollins. They said the Young Bucks should do that. They should troll the hell out of him right there with that. That would be something. I don't know if they can do that, but that would be something. Of course, people are going to say, oh, WWE lives rent-free in their heads. No, you're mocking Mox. That's what, they're, that's what they would be doing. They're not mocking WWE. They're mocking Mox's old gimmick from the past. I'm just saying, that's not... Uh, you know, I can't talk to the brain-dead people because they're not going to hear you. It is what it is. It's a sad case. But I'm looking forward to that tag team match. But I'm also looking forward to this match right here between Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion, versus the Bastard Pack and freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Because this was the next segment right here where Orange Cassidy is going to give his answer to Kenny Omega, you know, regarding double nothing. Is he going to be in the match? Is he not going to be in the match? But the contract does state, you know, even if Cassidy doesn't compete in this match, down the line, he has a guaranteed match against Kenny. So I was like, okay. So Shivani was in the ring and. We thought Orange Cassidy was coming out, but it wasn't Orange Cassidy. It was the Bastard Pack. So Pack comes out. He tells Shivani to get out. He's like, get out. Get out. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, Pack. You're not going to be such a bastard. Wink, wink. <laughs> but yeah, Pack was talking, saying, oh, you know, we expected somebody else. And he calls out Kenny, you know, says, where are you? And then Don Callis is on the screen you know, saying, I'm not there, you know, I'm, I'm in like a secure location, basically. I'm not even at the arena. I don't want to be near you. You're violent and all that bunch of shit. And then Kenny Omega tries to attack Pac from behind. Pac fights him off. But then here come the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows. And they start beating up on Pac. And the Lucha Bros get in the ring. Ray Phoenix and Penta, they go after the Good Brothers. That'll be a future match down the line, pretty sure. Because, you know, Ray Phoenix is hurt. So that's why he, well, he didn't do anything. He just went into the ring. He didn't do any moves on anybody. So hope that, hope that he's doing good. But we know we're going to see that match pretty soon. And then Kenny tries to go for the one-winged angel on Pac. And then Orange Cassidy's music hits. And we see best friends, you know, Trent and Chuck Taylor and Chris Statlander. And then Orange Cassidy comes out. Gets in the ring. Hands Kenny Omega the letter. It says, for Kenny. Which has the contract. And then the contract is ripped up and fly. And the piece of paper, you know, fly away. 
So we know what Orange Cassidy's answer is, and he hits Omega with the Orange Punch. Knocks him out, and he looks to grab the world title, but then Pac puts his foot on Cassidy's hand, and then Cassidy and Pac fight each other a little bit, and then Cassidy knocks him out with the Orange Punch, and he holds up the world title. So we might see that double or nothing. I mean, I know we, I think we kind of know that Kenny's not going to lose the title. He's not going to lose to Pack or Cassidy. You know, if it was Kenny versus Pack, I could see Pack winning, but I don't know. A lot of people keep saying Pack's going to win. I just don't believe it. Pack does win. That'd be awesome. I hope he does. To be honest, I would. You know, I wouldn't mind whoever, whoever wins this match. I won't mind. If I had to choose, I would choose Pack. If I wanted somebody to win this match, I would really choose Pack to win. But not yet. He's going to win down the line. Just not yet. He's way too talented to not win. He's going to win the title soon. Just not now. It's going to be... Hangman's the next champion. It's, it, people should see that. Kenny's not dropping it yet. But now we get to our next match right here. Between Jade Cargill and Kylan King. So officially, Mark Sterling is officially Jade Cargill's manager. Because before the match, we saw Shivani interviewing Cargill. Matt Hardy tried to talk to Cargill and... Said to come along with the Hardy family office, the HFO, and then Mark Sterling interrupted. You know, saying you take thirty percent of you know your clients, you know, pay. I, and, he, and Mark Sterling says I only get paid when Jade wins. So there you go. So Mark Sterling is officially Jade Cargill's manager. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting because we saw Mark Sterling as MJF's lawyer. Now he's Jade Cargill's manager. I'm like, oh, well, that should be interesting. All right. And then we get to the match between Jay Cargill and Kylan King. And I thought it was a good performance from both Cargill and King. You know, we've seen King mostly on, um, we've seen her mostly on AWL Dark Elevation and, and AW Dark. You know, and they've, they've really protected Cargill AEW because, you know, she debuted back in November. She didn't wrestle her first match until March. And she's only had a couple matches since then. So they've really protected her pretty well, which is good. And she had a good performance, sort of King, you know. It was a decent match. Didn't last very long. You know, Sterling tried to give King uh, his card, and King, like, threw it away and tried to hit him. That car going after, and in the ring, she hit her finisher, the, you know, uh, the Jaded. That's basically like Beth Phoenix's, like, finisher in a way, but I think it's pretty cool. And Jay Cargo gets the win. So, Fisher with Mark Sterling by her side, she gets the W. Like, all right, well, let's see how this goes now. And now we get to the next match here for the TNT title. We get Miro versus Dante Martin of Top Flight. And I, I was pretty interested in this match. You know, I was pretty intrigued. You know, I thought this match, it was also kind of short, but it was decent as well. You know, Dante Martin at 20 years old, even like Jay the Snake Roberts brought it up, you know, and him and Archer backstage saying you would be the youngest champion AW history because he's 20 years old. He's the youngest guy on the roster. He's young as hell, this kid. And he's something special. Like him and his brother Darius. I know his brother Darius is doing well because we know that he's out with an injury and hopefully we see him back soon because these two guys are young as fuck right here and they're going to be an amazing fucking tag team. 10 years from now, 10 years from now in 2031, they're going to be labeled as the best tag team in the world. They just are. They just are. You know, there was the Hardy Boys there's the Young Bucks, and then the future is going to be top flight. And tag team, we're going to talk about, you know, actual brothers, you know what I mean? Like how Matt and Jeff are actual brothers, and Matt and Nick are actual, are actual brothers, and Dante and Darius are actual brothers. So there you go. 
from generation to generation to generation. Which is great. It's like how the Hardy Boys got to wrestle the Young Bucks. And we also got to see Top Flight versus the Young Bucks. Maybe we'll see Top Flight versus the Hardy Boys in the future. Just maybe. Don't know just yet, but we'll see. But no, good performance right here. You know, Dante got his shit in right there. You know, they put him over a little bit. You know, Miro sold the shit pretty well. You know, Dante did some pretty cool athletic shit in the ring, which was nice. I think he's very talented, you know, just as much as his brother is. But, you know, Miro really dominated, and Miro just intimidating as ever. You know, this is really how they should have booked Miro from the start. You know, I get what they did with him and Kip, the best man gimmick. You know, I, I get it. It lasted a little too long. But, you know, they got Miro away from Kip. People are still saying, oh, Miro can't get over. Well, now he can because now he doesn't have Kip by his side or anything, or he's not by Kip's side. He's not doing this whole best man gimmick. You know, now he's doing his own thing. He's being the monster that he should have been. So it's not too late for him to get over. And people should care, to be honest. You can say, oh, well, who cares now? He's not, he can't get over. It's too late. It's not too late. People have done silly gimmicks before they really got over. You know, this is not new. You know what I mean? This is not new. People have done this before. People just forget. I mean, come on, seriously. <sighs> Look how Batista when he started off. He started off as fucking what was he, Deacon Batista, like where he was, um, where he was like Devon Dudley's, you know, lackey for a little while, and then he went to Evolution, became Batista. So some people have done like weird gimmicks. Look how Kane was Doctor Isaiah Yankum. He would play the dentist. And then he became Kane, became one of the greatest monsters in wrestling history, not just WWE, in wrestling history. Became one of the greatest characters of all time. So, oh my god. Like, we've never seen this before. Seriously? Oh my god. Look at The Rock. When he started off as Rocky Johnson, when he started off as a goofy kid, and he became, and then he became The Rock. Same with Triple H, who was Hunter Hearst Helmsley, he was like, you know. Playing that blue-collar gimmick from Connecticut. Then he became Triple H. He became just undefeatable, you know, and just a great figure in wrestling. It happens. Jeez. But it was a good match here between Miro and Dante. It was a good performance on both on both parts, you know. But in the end, Miro got the win. Like how Lance Archer said, he didn't want Dante. He wants Miro. You know, he would be happy for Dante, but he doesn't want Dante. He wants Miro double nothing. I mean, that's exactly what he's getting. You know, when Miro put him in that accolade, I thought he was going to, like, snap him or something. He was, like, going back and going back until Dante started tapping. But Miro then pushed all the way back. I was like, oh, he's going to snap his back or something. Jesus. Why not Dante, 20 years old, getting put on national television for the TNT title? That's something. That's big for his career right there. That's huge. That's huge right there. So that was nice. And then after the match, Jake the Snake Roberts and Lance Archer came out, and Jake the Snake cut a really good promo. He spoke in Bulgarian to Miro, and in translation was to shut the F up right there. I was like, whoa, like, okay. I didn't know Jake could speak Bulgarian. Like, okay, nice. But, you know, then Miro cut a really nice promo, you know, saying, why don't you let him loose already? And then Jake the Snake Roberts, you know, said, sick, uh, you know, sick him. And then Lance Archer went after Miro, and they brawled for, like, like only like a minute. The referees came out and tried to separate them. And we'll see what happens to Double or Nothing. I don't think Lance Archer's going to win. 
Because they really, they're really going to make Miro a transitional champion? That just doesn't really make sense. Why would you want to do that, though? Just how Miro is getting good. You're going to stop him right now? No. Nah, Miro's not losing the title anytime soon. Not yet. Not yet, at least. It just can't happen. It's too quick. And then we got three more segments here to talk about. We celebrated the one-year anniversary of Hikaru Shida being the AEW Women's World Champion. She won it on May 23rd, so she's officially been champion. Well, now today it's been 378 days, and tomorrow it'll officially be 379 days. She's had a real special reign, Hikaru Shida. Like, she won it back on May 23rd last year, you know, with the heat of the pandemic. There was no fans there. You only had the wrestlers at ringside and other personnel in the arena. So there was no fans at all. No paying fans in the arena. Only paying fans watching on pay-per-view or however else they were watching. So it wasn't something special to see Hikaru Shida in front of a full crowd as champion. She hasn't seen that. Well, of course, down the line, they brought in fans. But it wasn't a packed house, so she got to be in front of fans as champion, but she did say she wanted to wrestle in front of full capacity, and she's she's exactly getting that tomorrow against Britt Baker for the AEW Women's World title. And you saw Shida was very emotional, which was, you know, that, that's given right there. Of course, you know, I'd be emotional too. Now you're, you're finally in front of a pack house's champion. This is what she wanted. Now she's getting it. You know, when you think of it, it will be a shame, though, because I do think Britt Baker is going to win the title tomorrow, so it, it would be a shame for Shida to lose in a first match in front of full... You know, for a full capacity as champion. But she had a really good run. Beating Nyla Rose for the title and then wrestling Penelope Ford and wrestling uh, Thunder Rose. That was probably like her best match, we could say. And wrestling Big Swole and Nyla Rose again. And then Aberdon and a J before that, of course. You know, Ryu Mizunami. Who else? Uh, Tay Conti. Yeah, she's wrestled them all. <laughs> she's beaten them all. But she hasn't beaten Britt Baker. Well she, well, she did, but not for, not for the title. Not for the title, I meant to say. But the last time these two wrestled one-on-one, Sheeta did break Britt Baker's nose in QT Marshall's gym. So, it's like, all right, mm, it's a big test. Now, I'm sure Britt Baker's probably nervous right there because, you know, Sheeta did break her nose. Well, obviously, it was an accident. It wasn't on purpose, you know, but it's going to be something. It's going to be something. And they did present Sheeta with a new belt. Which is actually pretty nice. It's actually a good looking new title, to be honest. It's basically it's the same like size, you know, just it's gold, more gold there. So that's, it's it's really nice to see. And then Britt Baker comes out after she had cut a really good promo. And Britt Baker interrupted her and said, you know, she had, you know, told she to enjoy this while it lasted. You know, because the you know how there was a three sixteen era back in the day. This is gonna turn into the D M D era. I'm like, damn, okay. And she walked off. I'm like, okay, no brawl. She just walked right off. I'm like, all right, cool. But now we get to the next match right here. We say the last match which is the next segment. The last segment was, you know, a talking segment, obviously. So it was Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky versus Eva Uno and Stu Grayson. And I actually really enjoyed this match. Right? I thought it probably was the best match of the night. It definitely was. I really enjoyed it. We haven't seen Evil Uno and Stu Grayson wrestle as a tag team in a while on Dynamite. You know, of course, on Eve- um, Elevation and Dark, but not on Dynamite. So it's been a while since we've seen these two on Dynamite together. And it was a good match. I thought it was a really fun match to watch. It was really good. You know, Paige and Sky had a good performance. You know, Uno and Grayson, like, they put on an amazing performance in this match. I was like, wow, these guys look good. 
You know, it's just been a while since I've seen these guys wrestle. You know, I forget how good they are. You know, Evil Uno is in great shape because he was in, you know, he was pretty heavy set back then, but he's in really good shape. Stu Grayson, very underrated, very underrated talent. Looks a lot like Cesaro. He actually does, well, not a lot, a little bit. A little, a little bit, remember, a little bit reminds me of him as Cesaro, or reminds me a little bit of Cesaro, just, just in a way. But he had a really good performance. He was doing some pretty cool shit. Same with Uno as well. I was like, damn, okay. Especially when Scorpio Sky did that, you know, TKO, not TKO, a cutter, like the flying cutter when Stu Race was coming in. Like, that was pretty cool. And, uh, no, I just thought this was a good match, right? I thought it was good. It was expected that Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky were going to win. That was expected, obviously. I didn't expect Uno or Grayson to win because, you know, Page and Sky need the momentum going into double or nothing, obviously. They can't, they can't lose. They have to win. It's like how Darby had to beat Cesar Bononi. If he loses, then they look weak going into double or nothing. It was a good match. It was fun to watch. You know, it was good to see Paige and Sky get the win. Look strong going into double or nothing. So that's good. But then, um... After the match, Darby Allen came out with a parade of fake stings. And I was like, oh, okay. They might do this for pay-per-view as an entrance. That was pretty cool. And then the fake stings and Darby attack Paige and Sky. And Paige and Sky started fighting all the fake stings until... Until one of the fake stings wasn't a fake sting. It was the actual sting. The icon sting. And Scorpio Sky just ran off, right? As he saw it was him. He ran right off. Paige ran off after Darby was beating him down. So that was pretty cool right there. We've seen that in WCW, TNA, and now AEW with Sting doing the whole fake sting right there. That was pretty cool. But now we get to our main event of the evening of this show. The Inner Circle Celebration hosted by Eric Bischoff. So it was pretty cool to see Eric Bischoff come back, you know, um, on Dynamite. and now, Especially this is his first time on Dynamite in front of a full crowd. In front of a full crowd now. Because every time we've seen Bischoff on Dynamite, he hasn't been in front of a full crowd. He's been in front of very few fans. But it was great to see him in front of a full crowd this time. So the inner circle comes out. Chris Jericho, Santana returns. So Ortiz, Jake Hager, and Sammy Guevara. You know, it was great to hear the crowd sing Judas. You know, it was just great to see. It really was. You know, here you just hear more people. You know, sing that song right there. It was awesome. <sighs> but yeah, the inner circle showed a video. Pa- a, a video package was shown of the inner circle, and they go over what they've done together since the debut on Dynamite. And they all cut really good promos. Ortiz only said like one thing, like after Santana's promo, saying like like that was beautiful, and that was all we heard from Ortiz. But they all cut really good promos. They all really did. So that was especially Hager. You know, Hager's never been a man of you know really good promos or a really good promo guy. He cut a really good promo, probably the best promo of his career. Probably a better promo than ever when he was world champion back in WWE. I'm just saying, it was more like intense. Not like, you know, all over the place. It was more like intense, you know, and anger. Just like a lot of emotion was put into it. And of course, you got to top it off with Jericho, obviously. We thanked Bischoff, and, the, you know, the inner circle made amends with Bischoff like they did with Mike Tyson a month ago. So that was pretty cool, because, you know, Jericho and Bischoff were going back and forth for years from WCW to WWE and now AEW. <laughs> 
would have been something that would have happened in TNA if Jericho would have showed up there, but he never did. But no, it was really nice to see that. And Chris Jericho said, if they go down this Sunday, they will go down in a blaze of glory, and they all shared a hug, so we all thought it was going to end in a nice way. But even like Hager said, they should have showed like the bad moments in the inner circle, like, you know, where they had to pick themselves up and keep on fighting, so that makes sense. But after they hugged right there, we saw MJF, and Wardlow was behind him, MJF was crying, obviously fake crying. You know, he was getting quote-unquote emotional, you know, from their, from their promos, which was pretty cool right there. See MJF do that and try to really, like, manipulate the inner circle like he's been doing for so long. And, um, MJF showed that the Pinnacle had uh, kidnapped Dean Malenko, the Iceman, the man of 1,004 holds. Or the man of 1,000 holds, 1,004, whatever it is. So they kidnapped him, and the inner circle rushed to the football field, rushed to the Jags football field, which is right there. It's right there from Daly's place. They all run there. But then the Pinnacle attacked them. The rest of the Pinnacle, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, Sean Spears, and, of course, Wardlow, and then MJF got involved. And they all started beating down the inner circle. And I got to say, this spot right here was crazy. The double pile driver through the table that Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood did on Santana Ortiz. I was like, whoa. That was a dangerous move right there. That was a sick spot. Like, whoa. Like, damn. And JR was like, was that the table breaking or the next break? And I'm like, probably both. Like, Jesus. It was like a crazy spot like when Mox and Darby Allen, like when Mox did the paradigm shift to Darby Allen off the top rope. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> My God. But the pinnacle and um, they go into double nothing looking strong. So if this is the last time we saw the inner circle on Dynamite, which I don't think it's going to be. We do know Jericho's going back on tour pretty soon with, uh, with Fozzie. So what I think might happen is I don't think the Pinnacle's going to win. I think the Inner Circle is going to win at double or nothing. And then, because then they'll be even because the Pinnacle won at Blood and Guts and then the Inner Circle can win, you know, at um, Stadium Stampede. So maybe it leads to one more match on Dynamite before Jericho, you know, takes off for a while. Because we know he's going to take off soon. So they'll probably do something on Dynamite. Maybe they'll do another Blood and Guts match or maybe they'll do... They can think of something. They'll think of something to do. Because I don't think it's over just yet. It can't be. It just can't be. But Dynamite was good. Now let's jump into my double or nothing predictions. Let me just look up the matches here real quick for you guys. All right, here we go. Here are the matches. So for the buy-in for the for the pre-show, obviously I don't watch the pre-show when it comes to you know any pay you know any pay-per-view or any wrestling company. That's how it's always been. We know on the buy-in, it'll be Serena Deeb, the NWA Women's World Champion, versus Riho. We haven't seen Riho in a long time. It's been a while since we've seen her. When's the last time we've seen Riho? It's been a yeah, it's been a while since we've seen Riho on Dynamite. It's on AEW television to begin with. Maybe they just have nothing for her. But this is a rematch from back in February where Riho beat Serena Deeb to move on. Was it February? I think it was February, yeah, where Serena Deeb and Riho faced off. Where the winner would move on the AEW Women's, you know, tournament for the title to face Sheeta. And Rio and Serena D put on a good performance with Riho winning. So this is a big redemption tour right here for Serena Deeb in a way. But Riho did beat the NWA Women's World Champion. So it's actually rightful that she gets a it's actually right that she gets a title shot. 
so that's actually good. But I think they'll put on a good performance on the buy-in, and Serena Deeb will retain the NWA Women's World Title. So now let's get to the main card. Uh, I don't know what the first match will be, so I'll just throw out a match right here. Uh, Hangman and Page versus The Machine, Brian Cage. It's one-on-one. These two put on a great performance last month on Dynamite. They'll put on an even better match here at Double Nothing. I'm sure they'll go a little bit longer than they did on Dynamite. Um, I do think Brian Cage needs the win on pay-per-view, to be honest. But if they're really trying to build up Hangman where he wins the world title at the end of this year because he beat Matt Hardy at Revolution two months ago on pay-per-view. So Hangman's got to continue to win on pay-per-view, though. You know, even though Cage does really need the win in a way when you think of it. But, you know, we all know the whole story is for Hangman to win the world title by the end of the year, most likely, or maybe at the start of next year. So I think it would kind of hurt Hangman if he loses on pay-per-view, if he's 0-2 against Cage. Because if you're facing a tough challenge in Cage, you can't beat him. How do you start to beat Kenny? So I'm going to go with Hangman and Page. They'll put on a really good match. But in the end, Hangman and Page will get the W over the machine, Brian Cage. So now we'll get to the Casino Battle Royale. So I'll name all the participants that are in it so far right now. It's a 20 man, it's a 21 man battle royal. So I'll announce all the 20 competitors that are in it. It's Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, Penzel, Cerro Miedo, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassie, The Blade, Evil Uno, Colcabana, Preston, number 10, Vance, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, QT Marshall, Nick Camarado, Dustin Rhodes, Lee Johnson, and The Wild Card. So, a lot of people may be thinking, who is that wild card? Like, I saw some people say maybe it'll be Brian Danielson, you know, Daniel Bryan. He's not going to show up in the Battle Royal. No, that's not going to happen. If he's going to show up, he'll show up at the end of the pay-per-view or he'll show up on Dynamite. It could be Nick Gage, to be honest. People have been saying that as well. But would AEW really want to bring him in, to be honest? Would they really want to do that? After this whole Dark Side of the Ring episode, he's, the guy's so full of himself. Would you really want to bring him in and he accidentally really hurts somebody? You don't want that. That would, that would be a bad look, to be honest, if AEW does that. Um, it could be Paul White, because Paul White, I think, is going to be on commentary for that match. So I wouldn't mind seeing him go in. I wouldn't mind seeing him in the Battle Royal. That would, I wouldn't mind that at all. Maybe we will see a debut. I mean, I don't know, to be honest. I think the realistic option is just put Paul White in it. That's all. I don't think people would mind that, to be honest. You get to see him in an AEW ring. Like, there we go. But we'll see what happens, to be honest, with that match. But in the end, I'm going to go with Christian Cage, and he will become the number one contender for the AEW world title. I think it'll be a fun battle royal, and we'll see what the surprise entrance is going to be. But I think it's, it's going to be Paul White, most likely. All right, next match, we have Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. So this is Sting's first match inside the ring in six years. His last time he wrestled was at Clash of Champions. Or not Clash of Champions, sorry, the, the year after was Clash of Champions. They, they made a Clash of Champions the next year. Was, this one was Night of Champions in 2015, where Sting wrestled Seth Rollins for the WWE World Heavyweight title, and that's where Sting got hurt and ended his career for the next few years. So it's a big test. He's getting back inside the ring. It's an actual match. It's not a cinematic match. He's getting back inside the squared circle. Teaming up with Darby Allen to take on Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. 
it's a big risk, but I think Sting is going to do just fine. You know, when he took that bump from Brian Cage back in February, when he took that power bomb, I was nervous for Sting. I was like, this is a guy who's 62 years old taking a bump like that. I mean, that's insane. But he was fine after that. He was completely fine. I was like, damn, he's actually okay? <laughs> Jesus. But no, when he's moved around, he's moved around pretty good, Sting. For an old guy, he's moved around pretty good. He's moved around really good. I think this will be a decent match. I think they're going to really focus, like, you know, on Darby and Ethan. They'll mostly focus on Scorpio and Sting, which makes sense. I think, like I said, it'll be a decent match. I do want to see Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky win, to be honest. They really do need it, but I'm going to go with Sting and Darby Allen for the win. So now another tag team match right here. Last tag team match on the show, I should say. The AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Unbucks, Matt and Nick Jackson versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston for the AEW World Tag Team titles. <sighs> I think we're going to see a lot of interference in this match from like Brandon Cutler and the Good Brothers. I don't think Kenny's going to get involved. This guy's the only thing to worry about. So I think we will see some like interference. Maybe like Don Callis will try to like weasel his way in, try to help the Unbucks win. This match will be good. But I'm going with John Moxley and Eddie Kingston to win the AEW World Tag Team Titles. I will pop for this so hard if it happens. This is what I want. Right? I want Mox and Kingston to win like so freaking badly. Please give these boys the titles. Please. Right, we got a few more matches now to talk about. For the TNT title, we got Miro versus Lance Archer. Seeing these two behemoths go at it now, this is going to be a real barn burner. It really is. It definitely is. These two are going to tear the house down. They're going to tear each other apart. You know, I'm sure one of them is going to take a piece of them, piece of the other guy with them after this match. You know, I wouldn't... Listen, if Miro had been champion for like the last couple months, I wouldn't mind Archer winning. You know, but I don't want Miro to be a transitional champion. I think I still think down the line, like Darby Allen's gonna get his rematch. It's it's gonna turn into a triple threat match, like maybe like an all out. They'll do Darby, Miro, and Archer for the title in a triple threat match. That's how Archer will win. I don't think Archer's gonna win right now, so I'm gonna go with Miro to retain the TNT title. This could be the best match of the night. It probably could be. A lot of people would like say Hangman and Brian Cage. This match might be. Might be the best match of the night. It just might be. Okay. Alright. Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Ogogo. So this is Anthony Ogogo's first match on paper. So it's a huge test for him to see how he does. It's a huge, huge and I mean huge test for Anthony Ogogo. I think he's going to do just fine. I think people should give him, like, you know, a little bit of space. You know, he, it's you can't expect him to go out there and put on a five-star match. It's just not even possible, to be honest. You know, I think Ogogo will put on a decent performance. But you got to give the guy some time, to be honest. He's going to be good. I like his character, you know, his gimmick. I like the well, same thing, character gimmick. 
You know, I really do. I think he's going to be great. But Cody is going to be the American dream for one night, you know, honoring his father. So I'm going to go with Cody Rhodes. He's also bringing back his old theme songs out, the Stoop Dog remix. I'm like, thank God. Jesus. About time. But, yeah, so I'm going with Cody Rhodes to beat Anthony Agogo. But people should not be mad if Cody wins. Agogo is going to do just fine. But if Agogo wins, and, of course, people complain that Cody's such a mid-carder. Oh, my God. It just it'll never stop. But I'm going with Cody Rhodes to get the win. All right, we got three matches left to talk about. We got Carl Sheeta, the AEW Women's World Champion, versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, for the AEW Women's World Title. <sighs> I can't wait for this match. I'm really looking forward to this match. I seriously, seriously am. This could be one of the best women matches in AEW. Even though I would say the best one was definitely Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. That's an obvious one. But this could be one of the this could be one of the best matches. I don't think it'll top Rosa and Baker, but it'll definitely be up there. These two are really gonna tear the house down. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm going with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, to win the AEW Women's World title. I'm gonna be so happy if she does. Because she deserves it. She absolutely deserves it. So, even though I think this will be the main event, I will talk about the world title last. But here we go. I think this might be the main event right here. The stadium stampede match with the pinnacle MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood versus the inner circle, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. And if the inner circle loses, they must, they must disband as a team forever. We know last year's Stadium Stampede was was really all comedy, but I get why AEW did it because, you know, the world was in a lot of pain at that time. I mean, the world still is in pain. We're always going to be in pain. That just never That's never going to stop. But the world was in serious pain last year in May. It just was. I think they did this, you know, to really make people smile and make people happy, you know, give people a good laugh and say, you know what, there is light. There eventually will be light at the end of the tunnel. That's just what I think. I could be reaching so hard right now, but that's just what that's just how I feel about it. People could you could agree to disagree. That's fine by me. But um but yeah. I think this match will be more serious cuz the inner circle there's there's a, there's a lot of stakes right here. If the inner circle loses, they're done. So I think they will be a whole lot more serious in this match. I believe they will be. They got to be. They can't take it like a joke. They might joke around a little bit, but they have to think, you know what? This is our last time probably you know, being together as a team, so we got to be serious. <sighs> hmm. This one is hard, but I'm going to go with the inner circle to get the win over the pinnacle. And it'll be one-to-one -one between these two factions, and they're going to go at it one more time eventually to settle the score. So that'll be interesting. But now, like I said, I don't think this will be the main event, but I wanted to talk about the world title match last. But here we go. Kenny Omega, the AEW world champion, versus the Bastard Pack, and freshly squeezed OC, Orange Cassidy. I feel like this match could have had a little bit, you know, a little bit much of a, a little bit more of a better buildup to it. You know, it, it could have been built up a little bit better 
to be honest. I mean, I wouldn't mind if it would have been Kenny versus Cassidy one-on-one, but of course they had to put Pac in it because Cassidy got hurt during the match against, you know, it was him versus Pac. Orange Cassidy got knocked out, so it made sense. At least Pac gets a world title match, so that's at least good. This match is going to be fun. I think it's going to be good. I think Cassidy's going to get more serious. He got serious against Pac last year Revolution. Cassidy has gotten serious in big-time matches, especially when he wrestled Jericho as well and Mr. Brody Lee and Cody Rhodes. He's gotten serious. And that was for the world title. So you got to be serious. can't be, you know, lacking off. You know what I mean? I think this will be a good match. But in the end, Kenny Omega will remain the AEW World Champion because he's still... Because he's actually wrestling in... Um, He's putting the Impact Wrestling title on the line at the next Impact Wrestling pay-per-view next month. So, yeah. Kenny's not losing the world title now. And he's wrestling Andrade for the AAA title in uh, August. So, Kenny's not losing. If he's going to lose, it's either going to be at All Out. Maybe not even All Out. Probably, like, Full Gear or Next Year's Revolution. Kenny's not losing anytime soon. So, you can't expect it. You know, Pac may win, which would be nice. Orange Cassidy may win, which would be nice. But Kenny's not losing anytime soon. So, I'm going with Kenny Omega... To retain the AEW world title. So here's my full predictions. We're almost out of time. So Serena D versus Rio for the NWA Women's World title. I'm going with Serena D to retain the NWA Women's World title. With Hangman and Page versus Brian Cage. I'm going with Hangman and Page to win. The Casino Battle Royal. I'm going with Christian Cage to win. Where the winner gets a future world title match. AEW world title match. Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. I'm going with Sting and Darby Allen for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. The Young Bucks, AEW World Tag Team Champions. Matt and Nick Jackson versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. I'm going with Mox and Eddie Kingston to win the AEW World Tag Team Titles. Miro versus Lance Archer for the AEW TNT Title. I'm going with Miro to retain the AEW TNT Title. Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. I'm going with Cody Rhodes. Bukaro Shida, the AEW Women's World Champion, versus Dr. Bra- Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, for the for the AEW Women's World Title. I'm going with Britt Baker to win the AEW Women's World Title. The Stadium Stampede between the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle. If the Inner Circle lose, they must disband as a, ta- as a team forever. I'm going with the Inner Circle to win. And Kenny Omega, the AEW, the AEW World Champion, versus Orange Cassidy, Farsi Squeeze, and the Bastard Pack for the AEW World Title. I'm going with Kenny Omega to retain the AEW world title. Okay, guys, we're almost out of time right here. hope you guys enjoy the rest of your night, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow morning when I recap game one of round two between my New York Islanders and the Boston Bruins. Talk to you then, guys.